Boom, people, welcome back to the show. So recently I've had a lot of questions about crowdfunding, right? How do crowdfunders file with the SEC? How does that work? So today we're gonna dive into regulation A filings or AKA crowdfunding filings with SEC. It's gonna be a lot of meat, a lot of content today. I'm gonna walk you through exactly what the SEC wants to see under their filings, how to do this. A little less story, but I hope you guys enjoy. Peace. I've spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious fund managers around. And now I've decided to take the plunge and start my own fund. The real question is, how will I do it with no investors and without an Ivy League degree? This podcast is going to give you the answer. Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we start and build multi-million dollar investment funds. I'm Bridger Pennington, and this is Investment Fund Secrets. Boom, people. Welcome back to the show. So today, the topic we're going to dive into is regulation a plus and this is a crowdfunding filing that a lot of new people are getting into this started a few years ago after the jobs act actually regulation a funds have been around for a long time but recently after the jobs act in 2012 they amended it to make it even easier to raise money through this filing so gonna be a fun episode today i'm excited to talk about this as um most funds, like I, in a previous episode a few weeks ago, I talked about most funds go through a regulation. It's called a regulation D506. And then there's a B and a C. And those are the, the most common 99% of all money raised goes through that. However, regulation A plus and, and this crowdfunding, what we're gonna talk about today has actually been a pretty cool space. And I'm gonna walk you through today, the filings, how it works with the SEC, the rules that are associated with it, all that kind of stuff. So we're going to talk about all that today. But before we dive into that, I want to say, first off, I um, I love being with you guys. And in our Facebook groups, on Instagram and stuff, like, you're my people. Uh, I, I uh, As a lot of you know that are in the finance world, there's a lot of, uh, I'll just use some nice words, but jerks. There's like a lot of jerks in the finance world that just think they're like the best thing that's ever hit Wall Street. And they're just so awesome. They're like an analyst at like, JP Morgan, but they like, just think they're just so cool. And just, they know everything and they step out into this world and they get a big slice of humble pie because it's way different to be like us, like entrepreneurs that are going out and building funds, not just taking a job. And yeah, it's a hard job. You're working lots of hours, but taking a job, working for somebody else who's already set up the whole system. We as entrepreneurs are, have decided that we want to take on the risk and the responsibility of it's Saturday afternoon and payrolls due Monday and you got 10 families to feed and you got to figure out how you're going to make payroll Saturday afternoon. That's your responsibility. That's what we have decided we want to do, right? And it's just crazy. People say entrepreneurs are crazy. That's why most people don't do entrepreneurship and that's why entrepreneurs get rewarded so well on the back end. Um, I, I, anyways, I want to say that because I love hanging out with you people. I feel like the people we've attracted to this podcast, this show, our groups are people that work hard, that are genuine, sincere people that, that just love working hard and building amazing companies and systems and, and don't have to be a, a jerk while they're doing it. Um, another thing too, as we, as we dive into these different sections, so today we're talking about regulation, a crowdfunding stuff. Don't let this overwhelm you of like, I've got to do everything. I, I talk, actually, I've been on a few coaching calls the last couple of days and too many people, and my, my, myself included, feel the responsibility of, oh my gosh, I got to hire. Like, I don't know accounting and I don't know the legal stuff and all the documents and like, oh my gosh, like pulling their hair out. Like, oh crap, I don't know. Regulation A, crowdfunding. And it's like, whoa, like slow down. When you're going to build a house, right? You, you hire a contractor. That contractor doesn't say, oh, okay, well, we've got to lay cement 
right? So I'm going to go to trade school and learn how to do cementing for the next nine months. And, uh, and then I'll come back and start cementing. And they go, oh man, oh, I don't know exactly how to frame a house like this. So I'm going to go learn, you know, sorry, give me, give me another year. I'm going to go learn framing from other couple of people and I'm going to come back and learn how to frame. And then, oh crap, plumbing, right? I'm going to, I have to learn how to be a plumber and contractors don't do that, right? Contractors come to a site and they find all the pieces and bring them together. Now, that's a simple example. And you're like, duh, Bridge, that's how you do it if you're building a house. But we, when we're building our companies, oftentimes feel like, okay, I've got to learn um, legal and I've got to learn all the accounting stuff and I've got to learn uh, all the investment expert strategies and I've got to learn how to raise money and I've got to learn. It's like, no, you don't need to know all that. You need to know how to bring the people together like a contractor on a house and put in all the pieces together and get the whole house built. You're the manager, you're the project lead. So the, the purpose of this show, all of our, all the courses and stuff we sell is to help you be knowledgeable about everything that's going on. You don't have to actually physically go do the filings, but you should know, you know, what's going on. You should know what cement laying looks like. You don't have to be able to do it, but you know how, how it looks. You need to know how a frame kind of, you know, be a, a levels five or six in a lot of different categories so that you can show up and make sure things are done correctly. But then you hire level, you know, eight, nines and tens to come to your project and work on it. So with that, that being said, let's dive into regulation, a crowdfunding. So a lot of these companies have popped up recently. You got Fundrise, Grant Cardone has a regulation A filing. I was actually on Instagram the other day and I fold, um, I was, it was a robotics company that was like, Hey, we have a, we have a regulation a offering going out. If you guys want to invest in our, on our company, click right here on Instagram and you can invest. And I was like, oh, that's freaking cool. Right? So why regulation A funds? Okay. You can, with a regulation A fund, you can, they, they set this up from the jobs act in 2012 to help people and companies like us fund managers raise money from non-accredited and accredited investors. Whoever we want, we can raise money from anybody. And it's a, they changed a lot of things to make it easier for us to do it which is kind of cool, right? And that's why over the last, you know, five, six, seven, eight years, Regulation A funds have, have popped up like crazy and have done seemingly very well, right? So let's dive into exactly what's going on inside of these. So they're called, a, it's a Regulation A, so if you just Google that into SEC, and a lot of the stuff I'm telling you today comes from the SEC's website. I pulled it directly from there. I don't want like secondhand knowledge. I wanted exactly the the stuff. So um, Regulation A funds are, they. it's almost like a mini IPO, if you got to think about it like that way, you're doing a public offering and there are two different tiers that you can file under, under the SEC. So there's tier number one and tier number two. So under tier number one, an issuer can raise up to $20 million in any 12 month period, including no more than $6 million on behalf of selling security holders that are affiliates of the issuer. So you can't be, they have kind of limits on both of these. They have limits of how much each person can put in and, and be raised. You can't set up a reggae offering and just have one investor come in uh, with $20 million for your 12 month period. So tier one will limit you to 12 months. Um, and in tier one, you must file with states that you plan to sell securities and raise money, which is kind of a hassle, right? So tier one, you can raise $20 million, um, but you have to file each state. So if you, if you have a new investor coming from Ohio, you've got to go file with Ohio. And if you have a new one from New York, you got to go file with New York and they have a filing fee and you got to update those things, which is kind of cumbersome. And that's what the old regulation, a funds were, were under a lot of the times people didn't do them because you had to file with every state. And, um, and we're going to dive into a second. The reporting is almost like an IPO, like a public company reporting. And so it's like, why would I do all this work? I would just, I'm just going to do a regular IPO and, uh, and avoid all this. Right. 
they came out 2012 with this second tier and they changed a few things. And this is, I, I believe most companies do it through this second tier. So second, so that's tier number one. Tier number two is you can raise up to $50 million and you do not have to file with the states. That was a huge change is you can just set up, once you're filed the SEC, you can go raise money in any state in the United States and you don't have to do any filing with those states, which is awesome, right? Way easier. So, and then also they want to see, like I said before, reporting the, the, the turnoff for a lot of regulation, you know, versus like a 506 B or C is you have to over disclose to your investors because you're raising money from non-accredited investors. And back to, I've said this before, the SEC was started to protect the little guys. Their whole goal and mission is so you don't take money from grandma, you know, you don't take grandma's 10,000 last $10,000 and invest it and you lose it. Right now grandma can't, you know, eat or, or pay for anything. Right. They want to protect the little guys. And that's why they've made tiers of investors. And I have, we have tons of episodes talking about, you know, non-accredited versus accredited versus qualified purchasers versus qualified clients, all the differences on those. Um, so under these, you can raise money from anybody, but you need to over disclose. So they want to see the SEC wants an annual report and it's called on your form one K they want a semi-annual report on a form one dash essay and a current report on a form one dash U. So three different forms. They want to see, um, pretty regularly what's going on in your business, right? They want to keep a tighter, you know, a tighter leash, but not as tight as an IPO. That's why they call it kind of a mini IPO. It's a little bit less filing. Um, you can still offer to the public. So that, that being said, when you're doing a regulation fund, like my example, at the beginning, you're probably going to need to have a full-time CPA on board with a regulation, a filing that need can, can do these filing, keep these reports up to date, make sure the sec have kind of, they probably a securities, um, maybe a securities lawyer as well that can help file these, um, to keep them updated. That's why you have companies like Fundrise or Grant Cardone. They have huge teams, right. Of people ready to receive. And they've, they've created big systems to take in money and have all filings and reportings go out. Um, it's not like a 506, you know, C and B. I don't have that much reporting on my fund, right? I only have a, you know, a handful of investors that I work with and they all give me, you know, I, I'd rather raise money from, you know, 12 investors than 1200 investors kind of a thing. Now this is, this is where you're going to raise small amounts of money from, from lots of different people. So they're going to have you over disclose to those investors. And so you got to create the systems a little bit more to regulation and filing, which is fine and very scalable for crowdfunding. Now the, the last thing they have on here. So if you're, if your fund isn't going to be on an exchange, like the New York stock exchange investors, um, cannot that are non-accredited investors can't invest more than 10% of their annual income or net worth, whichever is greater, not including your home or other loans. That's a, that's one of the qualifications that are here because again, they don't want, you know, one person that like, Hey, this is my first time I'm ever going to invest. They call it fundrise and like, Hey, take my life savings and put it into your fund. They, the sec doesn't want that person because they believe they're not a sophisticated investor and they don't want you losing all their money. Essentially the sec thinks if you're a credit investor or above, you know how to make money, you're smart and you know, you have some money to lose. Um, they, they really are trying to trying to protect the little guy. Um, now last thing with both these filings. So to review, you have tier one, you're going to raise $20 million in 12 month period. You have to file with the States. If you're going to do tier one, um, I would recommend tier number two, you can raise up to $50 million. You don't have to file with States. However, you need to, to file an annual report, semi-annual report and a current report to the sec. 
And then investors, they can be non-accredited investors, but they can't invest more than 10% of their annual income or net worth, whichever is greater. Okay. A little review on tier one versus tier two. Now, both of these filings, all regulation, a filings and a plus, that's kind of what people call it. Now regulation, a plus was the difference after the jobs act, uh, a company has, you have to file everything first and have it approved by the sec before you can go out and raise money with a regulation D 506 C filing and a 506 B filing, you can actually just start raising money. And then once you've raised money, you have, I think it's a 60 or 90 day time period, like a window that then you have to go file the SEC, which is nice because I teach a lot of people. My method is go raise the money first and then figure out all the filing later here. You got to figure out all the filing first, get approved, and then you can af- actually offer security. So a few little differences there. Now I'm not telling you either way to do, I, this is just, I'm telling you what's, what options are out there. Get your mind spinning of what you could potentially do. Um, and then finally, they want to, they're going to have, they have certain types of businesses they will not approve. And there's a whole different, the whole laundry list. Uh, they don't want exchange act reporting companies. They don't want, there's some certain investment companies they don't like, um, certain it's like business plans. It, all it says on the website, certain, certain companies without a specific business plan or business plan that involves a merger acquisition of an, an uh, unidentified company. They don't like. Um, all, there's a whole list. You guys can look up on the SEC website that they talk through companies that they won't approve. They don't like, uh, however, I've seen regulation a funds do all sorts of stuff that traditionally we think crowdfunding for like real estate, right? We think of fundrise or we think of Cardone capital. However, like I said, I, I found a few filings for tech companies, robotics companies that are just looking to raise money instead of going to a VC firm, like, Hey, let's just do a regulation a round, get a bunch of investors and it'll help market our product to bunch of different people. It's like, oh, that's kind of cool, right? Let's do a regulation A fund. And uh, they go out and do it. So sorry, this episode's a lot of a lot of meat, not a lot of story, but I think hopefully this is useful if you're trying to get into the crowdfunding space to know what's in the filing, what's going on, and potentially, you know, doing an offer with the SEC to do this. Anyways, if you guys have any questions, hit me up on Instagram. Uh, it's usually the best place to reach me or um, shoot us an email at investmentfundsecrets.com. Love you guys. Peace. Hey guys, wasn't that awesome? Hey, if you want to learn more about funds, how to get going, how to get started, we did something cool. I put together what I call a mini vault and we've recorded a ton of training videos and resources to help you launch a fund. In addition to that, I gave you my favorite pitch deck that I used for a fund previously. I also give you a step-by-step guide of how to go through and launch your fund. Additionally, you once you get into our mini vault group, you are put into our private Facebook group. And guess what? I go live in there once a week to answer your questions specifically about the fund. And you get to interact with other fund managers from around the country and around the world. So if you're interested, go to www.investmentfundsecrets.com. You can hop in and join the group, join the private members group, get the resources, download the PDFs, and I would love to see you in there. Love you guys. Peace.